Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Uh, now, you may have seen the recent story that archaeologists working in Pompeii found a fresco of what what might be the precursor to pizza, which begs the question, what might it have tasted like? So their own based food writer, Rachel Roddy, set off to find out. Afternoon, Rachel. Good afternoon. Uh, Now, the the, the fresco they found uh, was extraordinarily vivid, uh, given given the age of it. Uh, And was it easier to identify what everything was in it? Well, thanks to the director of of the archaeological site, yes, it was. But when you first look at it, you're right, the colours are extraordinary. And it's got this incredible golden crust. And then what looks like red and yellow and white filling. So my first thought when I saw it was, it's a... It's a pizza. It's a margarita pizza. Yeah. Like it really does. Look, it's it's uncanny. And then he, the the director of the archaeological dig, he then explains very eloquently that this was a focaccia. So this focaccia plate, and on it would have been fruit, so pomegranates and dates, and the curious um, corbezzoli, the little wild strawberries, and cheesy balls made of pounded cheese and nuts and herbs. So that's what was on it. So that's what I then went and recreated. Right. And so was the base the, the trickiest part of it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would have done it. But bizarrely, when my editor asked me if I would recreate it, I was on a trip with an expert in ancient grains called Salvatore Ceccarelli. So when I said jokingly they'd asked me to recreate this pizza, he said, ah, brilliant. And we were there in a field of einkorn, which is this very ancient, they're like the, the precursor of all wheat we eat actually is einkorn. And he said, it would be this and here's a bag. So I came back to Rome with this bag of very nutty smelling dough. And from there I made the pizza. So I made a very rustic dough. The, the ancient Romans would have had yeast actually. They would have had a starter, which I didn't have. Um, so I just, we, we, we winged it a bit. We did flour and milk and olive oil and wine, which is an ancient Roman recipe. Oh, made in, this very- in the dough. Yeah. Yeah. So we found, so we went to first century recipe books and we found this. I mean, I was quite desperate. In fact, what they call a pizza. Yes, it was the dough, the flour. It was, yeah, fizzy wine, milk, olive oil, pinch of salt and pepper. And that was the quite sturdy dough. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, as you say, you probably needed a, a kind of proving agent or something like that, but you didn't have that. Yeah, they would have had a, they would have had a sourdough. Or they would have made a, a yeast out of grapes. That mm. was the other thing. We found quite a few recipes saying, great, take a bunch of grapes and ferment them for a week. Obviously, our time was limited. <laughs> so um, so we went for the unleavened one, which was, I didn't feel optimistic in the beginning. It was quite dense, but actually incredibly delicious. Um, now, what did, the, you, um, what did you bake it in? Good question. We baked it in, again, would have been a wood oven, but it would have on a baking stone. So I happened to be with a very good baker called Henrietta Inman, and she grabbed all my terracotta pots. And so we got a terracotta pot hot, and then she made this flat. We looked at the picture, because it really does look, at the fresco, it really does look like a pizza. You can see mm. it sunk in the middle. It has this lovely crust. So she pressed her fingers in the middle to, to make it indented and it had this nice crust. And then we just baked it. I, I whacked my oven so high on the hottest day of the year in Rome. And then we <laughs> baked it on, on the bottom of the oven in this terracotta pot. And surprisingly, honestly, I was not optimistic. 
but actually a completely joyful, slightly hilarious um, experiment. Right. Okay. So you you got the base uh, um, uh, pretty much spot on as far as you could, of course. But so what did you put on top of it? We put on, so the archaeologists think that the white and yellow could be explained as mortum. I hope I'm saying that right. So more, M-O-R-E. T-U-M, which was many things, but always a pounded pesto of cheese and herbs. It could have some pepper in there. It could maybe have some salted fish. So we found quite a few recipes for this in ancient books. There's a man called Columella, and he was wrote loads of recipes for this cheesy stuff. And so I took the simplest one, which was palm, pecorino cheese, pine nuts and almonds, a few herbs, uh, parsley and um, oh, parsley and mint, pepper, juniper. We mashed it all together, and then I made this slightly greener than expected pesto, which I used as a base. And then just for fun, I made a cheesy ball, which mm. I don't think is authentic. The, che- the cheesy ball in my picture is not authentic, but I felt it was. It sort of recreated the form of the fresco. Yeah, and and what did you eat as uh, the way one would eat a pizza? Yeah, we did, actually. I mean, I was slightly nervous again because the, the archaeologists think that this was something called a zania, which is a, a focaccia. It was a hospitable offering. So actually, the focaccia was the plate, although in history, the plates were eaten. But I was, again, slightly worried about, I don't know, like offending the gods. But then the photographer was so excited he encouraged me. So we chopped it up into slices like a pizza and me and my partner and the photographer and Henrietta stood on my terrace eating this very delicious biscuity pizza with cheesy balls, pomegranate and date on it. It was like eating crackers. It was delicious. Yeah, I mean, it sounds delicious. Specifically, though, what did the, the, the base taste? It kind of nutty, did it? really nutty in fact i'm inspired to use einkorn flour that i'd never used before which is readily available in the uk and ireland i think and it's got this nutty it did smell like toffee apples in the Hmm. fridge which is a little bit disorientating but it's got this nutty toffee flavor which now i'm hearing from bakers is very common because it's a it's a natural constituent of this lovely ancient very lively dough so i'm inspired to use it more but as i say it did smell like toffee apples also a tiny bit of bacon so mm. i'm 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 all into einkorn flour now yeah do, do they know the, the the people who discovered this first go would this have been a meal for rich people would it have been an ordinary kind of peasant meal or Great question. It was basically this was an offering. So this fresco was of something called the Xenia, which was a Roman ritual taken from the Greeks of offering your visitors something nice to eat. It's the sort of ancient equivalent of, you know, a cup of tea biscuits and the nice part of the sofa. You know, you you would give your guests this lovely offering. Again, this is why we think it might be a plate. And also, not only would the people of Pompeii, it was a very wealthy town, not only would they have offered their guests this offering of bread and cheese and dates and pomegranates they also had pictures of this offering on their wall like doubly hospitable I suppose it's like a welcome mat so it was very symbolic so yes it would have been eaten by the guests I mean the question is would they have eaten the plate um that I don't know and I'm really enjoying all the feedback I was terrified I was going to get feedback from archaeologists who would say you got it wrong (laughs) but actually I'm getting lots lots of lovely feedback um from much more knowledgeable people than me yeah why why would people speculate that they wouldn't eat the base 
Well, because it was a plate. So it was it was this it was this symbolic this offerta, this focaccia offerto, which was, as I say, this ritualistic thing. Would it be used again? Um, would it be? But it's fascinating. I mean, this whole book's about it because then later, people talk about times of great famine when you would be you you would be so hungry you would have to eat the plates. So it's an interesting symbolic mm. thing which apparently existed also in England. There's a massive tradition of England, and I'm sure in Ireland as well, of these plates. It's a whole world of um, of offerings and flower plates. I feel I've entered. Yeah, um, and 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 given. Uh, this was a meal enjoyed by people thousands of years ago. After you ate it, did you have any tummy pains? Was it more difficult to digest or anything? You know, because we might not be used to it. Uh, not at all. Because, again, another thing I've discovered that einkorn, because it's only got 14 chromosomes, and I say that as wheat usually has 24, it's very, very, very digestible. And, of course, it was stone ground as the Romans want. So, no, it was an incredible digest- digestible meal, helped down by a glass of red wine as demonstrated by the by the fresco mm-hmm. so um so yeah so you know it was it was like eating ch- crackers and cheese and fruit and lots of wine it was my sort of um hospitable offering so when uh, when back in the day some you know uncle jimmy calls around how long would it take them to knock up one of these do you think i don't know it took us we, we made the dough and we let it rest four hours as according to this ancient recipe and then we baked it for about 25 minutes so i think you know, oh. if they'd got the dough ready, or I, I imagine the plates would be ready. That would make sense, wouldn't it? That the, yeah. the, the, I mean, probably you'd reuse your hospitable focaccia. You'd maybe be recycling that with guests if that if it was the case that they didn't eat it. I, I think that seems quite likely, that they would use it as this plate and it would have pomegranates and dates and maybe bits of cheese. There were a few other things on the fresco, which, are, you know, the archaeologists think they've identified what, what's on the, on the fresco. But, of course, they're only guessing. Um, there could have been there could have been other mysterious, delicious things on there too. Yeah, I can't but imagine it, them not eating the focaccia. That's kind of you know among my favourite bits of the whole thing. But uh, there you exactly. go. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I call out for anyone advice about about a focaccia. I'm really interested in if people would have added what it would have been like if I'd added like sourdough or, mm. or yeast. Mm. So any any advice? I'm 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 all ears for advice about it for future attempts. Rachel, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was uh, the food writer uh, based in Rome, Rachel uh, Roddy. There, Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.